Sports Minutes with Elia Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. Welcome to another edition of Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danker together with Ziaul Raushan. Good weekend, my friend. Decent weekend. Decent. I yeah. won't say good. But on a sporting front, it was a good weekend. Plenty of football to enjoy. And that's always good. And that's why I look forward to our Monday episodes in particular. Because we have a buffet of things to discuss. I know. When you look at it on a Monday, right? It's a lot more big picture. There are a lot more matches have already happened. One match affects the other. Mm. What stood out for you the most this weekend? If you had to choose one talking point. Wow. Always asking the tough questions. Is it really tough? You watch a lot more football than me. I think for me, it has to be the return to fitness of Kevin De Bruyne. It goes without saying. Because I watched that uh, Newcastle City game live. Yeah, yeah. And for parts of it, Newcastle were in the ascendancy. But you always knew City would come out strong. And it helps when you have a return returning to full fitness. Kevin De Bruyne waiting on the bench. And he came on and made an immense impact. Had a goal within five minutes. Set up the late, late winner. And... Uh, yeah, you can you can see how important he is for this city machine. You know what I love about players that come back from long-term injuries? They spot a different look. I was <laughs> going to You know yes, what I mean? They yes. almost spot like, okay, I've been out in the wilderness. I've done a journeyman thing and I'm back. Kevin De Bruyne looking like a blonde version of George Russell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, slightly. And also, I, I feel like he's increasingly looking like the character from Home Alone. What's the, what's the name? Really? Uh, McCulkin? Oh, Macaulay Culkin. Yes, Actually, yes. You, you know what? Yes. <laughs> you, you make a good point. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. but I think City fans won't really care how Kevin De Bruyne looks, what haircut he is sporting as long as he delivers the goods. And he certainly did coming off the bench. This is him speaking after the match in terms of the impact he made and is looking to make for the rest of the season. I miss this, you know. Um, it is what it is. I had a big injury and I needed the time, but... You know, I enjoyed myself and I worked hard and, you know, to come here in this stadium, this environment behind. And then, well, I think, like I said, I think it's more willpower than sharpness or I, I know I'm not I'm not able to do that for 90 minutes for the moment. Um, but I know I can put in a put in a shift for 20, 25 minutes at full pace. And I, I feel it in my lungs, you know, with the cold. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, it can't be any better than this, can it? You know, we want to try and compete again for, for the league. And, you know, we, we up there with all the other teams. And, you know, before the break to win here at St. James's Park against a really good Newcastle is a tough game. So it's important. Kevin De Bruyne speaking there. And I think uh, any team in the Premier League would love to have Kevin De Bruyne if only for 20 minutes. Yeah, I would think so. I think they would take him even for half of that, to be honest, yeah. with the impact he makes. Yeah. And it's quite ominous if he says... This is him not being able to compete at 90 minutes yet, mm. already making that impact. And I think fair play to City. They stayed within the conversation for so long. Yeah. And they still got Haaland to come back and you know what kind of a boost oh, that's going yeah. to have. So it's 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 shaping up nicely. Other matches include Burnley drawing with Luton Town. Of course, uh, we just talked about the Newcastle City match. 3-2, the final score. Uh, Chelsea beating Fulham 1-0. Not a lot of talking points there. Uh, I do want to turn your attention to Everton taking on Aston Villa, uh, the earlier kickoff on uh, Sunday. A don't sell Everton short. They are doing a bit of a change, you know, as far as the team's concerned. Yeah, they certainly are, right? I mean, Aston Villa are no pushovers judging by their results this year. And for Everton to get a credible point, you know, this fun Credible step, point, yeah, yeah, that's the word, yeah. And Unai Emery, who's now taken charge, I think, close to 100 Premier League games, including his time at Arsenal, he's never had a nil-nil draw. Ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a stat. That's a stat from the commentator, wow. not mine. But I thought it's really interesting to 
talk about the job that Everton did, did defensively yeah. because it yeah. requires resilience against the likes of Ollie Watkins, Leon Bailey. Aston Villa have firepower. I think it's a credible point for Everton who are out of the relegation zone despite mm. suffering that 10-point deduction. So, yeah. so kudos to them. I think it's going to be tight for them to escape relegation but if Sean Dyche keeps this up I think Everton will stay up a lot of players from Everton also in the conversation as far as January transfer windows are concerned maybe even looking ahead to the summer uh, so it looks like this is the team that everyone's watching out for um, everyone also looking out for that very late game early Monday morning uh, 12.30 Singapore time that is Manchester United taking on Tottenham Hotspur a lot of people in the stadium including George Russell mm, <laughs> yes <laughs> a lot of uh, A-listers joined yeah. The game, including Sir Jim Ratcliffe as well. uh, Exactly. So, and George Russell even thanked Ineos for the tickets. Can't wait to see Lewis Hamilton at Old Trafford. That sounds like uh, two of my favorite things meeting. (laughs) He is an Arsenal fan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, he is actually. But let's talk. Exactly. And let's talk about the football. Sir Jim Ratcliffe was there. There was a bounce because United haven't scored notoriously early on in games, but Rasmus Hoyland gave them that dream start. But Spurs came on strong, as you expect them to be. But I, I picked this out in the post-match, Roy Keane dissecting things. We know Roy Keane doesn't hold back in terms of what he has to say. Yeah. And here's what he had to say about Spurs getting too much credit almost. For United, it's just about trying to get a couple of results together, get some momentum back into the season. So I wouldn't be sitting here overly critically even of United today. I didn't expect them to control the game. I thought Spurs would come and have a go. We just, uh, you know, Spurs are in a good place. So that, for me at the moment, United seem like it's just about survival. Listen, they've lost already nine league games. They're not scoring many goals. So today, what you saw from United, they managed to score two goals. They're attacking players. They could have won it at the end. But for this group of players at this moment of time, it's just about hanging in there and survival and trying to get a couple of wins under the belt just to get a bit of belief and some momentum into the season. They've not managed to do that all season. We're giving Spurs loads of credit. Spurs are having a very good season, a lot of injury problems. Spurs with this, Spurs with that. They drew the game. They didn't come up with it all, Trafford. It was a yeah, draw. A lot of players out there, Roy, aren't they? Man, United are missing some players. It's amazing when we do a TV game, we end up, spo- we end up speaking for about an hour about players who weren't here. It's about the players who are out there. That's If you want to be a big club, you have to deal with setbacks. But we can't sit here and then go overboard on Spurs and say, Spurs are outstanding. We heard from the manager. He's obviously going to praise his players. The staff got praised. The coaching, the bus driver got praised. Everyone's getting praised. <laughs> Listen, it was, a, it was a, against a poor Man United team on a difficult place. And it was 2-2. Everyone relax. Never change, Roy Keane. Never change. He talks about what uh, they do during uh, punditry on TV, but he is actually gold when he says things like this. Absolutely honest. And I do think a bit too much excitement. Look, I know I sound a bit unfair when I say, oh, Manchester United always dominate the headlines, especially bad press for Manchester United. To Spurs' credit, they were a very good team. They are a good team. They've been all season long. So it's not overly surprising. But considering the trajectories of both these teams and the conversation surrounding Spurs being on the upward trajectory and Manchester United very much languishing, You'd expect Spurs to win, right? Well, I've, I expected that result and I'm not going to lie, I slept at about 1am and I switched on my phone and oh, Rasmus Hoyland scored in the third minute and I, I managed to find a clip. I think uh, one of the social media posted it. Uh, it was uh, Marcus Rashford coming in from the left, you know, d- spent a little bit too much time on the ball. Hoyland looked sharp, two in two home games. 
great stuff. They go on to draw the game. Uh, but I think, you know, we can look at positives. Uh, for example, Lisandro Martinez coming back. You, you talk about players coming back at the start. Kevin De Bruyne, how big is this going to be for the heart of defence? Yeah, you talk about the transfer window. I feel like Lisandro Martinez coming back is almost like a new signing for Manchester United oh, yeah, because yeah. to start with the ovation he got when he yeah. came on shows you how highly regarded he it's is. Now, what, six months now? Around as there, good as yeah, six months? Yeah, okay, almost. Okay. I think he had one game okay, early in the okay. season or something, but he's been out for a long while and he's been missed. Yeah. And straight away when he comes on, Lisandro Martinez is not just about the defending now. So we know he's a very good defender. But that energy he brings to the team, he barged into Richarlison, crunching, exactly. Yeah, so, and yeah. that sets the tone, especially yeah. when you have younger players in the team, your Kobe Minos, your yeah. Alejandro Ganachos. Yeah. They want to see someone pushing the envelope and then they want to take the cue from that, right? I think that's what Lisandro Martinez brings. I think it's important, the likes of Lisandro coming back, Casemiro coming back, yes. this will give Ten Hag his full array of crayons to draw that painting that sure. he's looking to draw. I think we lose on Onana from here on out. And Onana making a personal sacrifice to stay on for as long as possible before heading to the AFCON uh, competition. I'm torn about that, you know. Yeah. I feel like, yes, uh, it was said, uh, I think, pre-match by Peter Schmeichel saying, right. oh, that's what you want. Players to put Manchester United first, Onana doing the right thing by extending his stay for as long before flying off to AFCON. I don't know. I feel like Eric Ten Hag has left the Turkish goalkeeper in the cold. And He's right the top now, keeper in Turkey, yeah. But he hasn't played yeah. at all for yeah. Manchester. He didn't even get a game against Wigan. At Atli Baladie, if I'm pronouncing yes. it right. I'm sorry, don't kill me, please. <laughs> and that's the problem. Right now, he's going to come in from the cold. So, yeah. so are yeah. we leaving ourselves short there? I know we got defenders coming in, but I don't know. Eric Ten Hag might. Rue not giving the reserve goalkeeper some minutes. Well, uh, hopefully from here on in he gets some minutes and, you know, it's also good news to see you seem to get the sense that Ten Hag is just written off the season even though he said they're still in the Premier League and <laughs> the FA Questionable. Cup, whatever. Uh, but he's trusting young players. Could be minor is getting a little bit more games. Can we talk a little bit just for fun just to stray into the Bundesliga where uh, Borussia Dortmund played. Jaden Sancho is doing exactly what Kevin De Bruyne said. I'm just happy to be back. I miss this. Um, and you get a lot of reports coming out right now calling it the fact that he already had time management problems. Mm. Ralph Ragnick came out to say, I, I had no issue with Jaden Sancho. Um, Ole wanted to buy Sancho for the right wing. Apparently, out of nowhere, statements that he prefers to play on the left wing. What do you make of this? Is is this a mess or is this really for the better that Sancho is out and, and hopefully out for good? I, I don't know about <laughs> out for good. But I think it's good that he's at least playing football because I think it's a bit unfair to earn the money you do and not yes. do what you're good at. Yeah. Uh, I I think there are always going to be factions when they come to these sort of disciplinary cases. Like we've seen Marcus Rashford publicly say, or support Sancho rather. Yeah, yeah. Eric Ten Hag has been fairly big in saying he wishes him all the all best at Dortmund. Yeah, yeah. But to answer your question, I think it's time the football took centre stage. Enough of these he said, she said kind of things and enough of... Should Sancho have apologized? Should Eric Ten Hag have given him another chance? I think I think it's, it's too time. Far exactly. Gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Sancho just needs to have a smile on his face. And he had one because he set up a goal, I think I 20 minutes after coming on against against uh Darmstadt for Dortmund, right? Yeah, but yeah. I'm gonna steal what Roy Keane said. Let, let's calm down. It's an assist <laughs> against Darmstadt. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sancho, we're talking about hundred million player. Let's I mean, obviously there's relief that he's back in it. But let's not overplay an assist for Marco Royce I mean, against. If, if Kino says it, exactly, we have to listen, right? exactly. So I think I think Sancho 
it's a step in the right direction, but he's got a long way to fulfill that potential. And I think it's good that it's in the rearview mirror for Manchester United now because mm. Eric Ten Hag's intre is quite full. I think I he know. can make do without the Sancho nonsense. Fair enough. Hey, how much money do you think you can spare? I've got a couple <laughs> of bucks. I'm trying to go around and get donations. You know why? I, I want to engineer, just like Jim Ratcliffe, a, a move, a, a trade move. Uh, give me give me six months to make this happen. I want to trade one Brazilian for another Brazilian. Okay. Uh, that's Anthony traded for uh, Vinicius Jr. who I'll- scored a <laughs> trick <laughs> against Barcelona. Do you support this move? <laughs> I, I, I know we need to be of scams, but I'll give you all the details oh, you need right. now because that is a move I can completely get on board with. How amazing, right? I mean, y- y- you thought that Carlo Ancelotti is going to take over the Brazil job, suddenly announces an extension, everyone's going, yeah, what's going on? Is the team going to react to this? Oh boy, they reacted. 4-1 against yes, Barcelona. Exactly, and another piece of silverware for this Real Madrid juggernaut, Don Ancelotti, yeah. continuing to wreck the trophies. The most wonderful thing for me is they let Karim Benzema go and they didn't replace him with a like-for-like bona fide goal-scoring striker. They didn't get Harry Kane, basically. Yeah. But Carlo Ancelotti is still weaving his magic. I look at the formation of that team. Yeah. you got Rodrigo and Vinny, who are out-and-out wingers. Yes. You don't have a striker because it's Bellingham and Federico Valverde, who are not your out-and-out strikers. So Bellingham is like a false nine. He used to be a centre-centre midfielder. Rodrigo and Vinny seem to be coming in tighter. Exactly. Uh, amazing. I, you know, you can only do that on FIFA. <laughs> and Ancelotti is doing it in real life. I think it's it's a bit of a showpiece trophy because this trophy was played out in the Middle East. Sure. It's part of La Liga's uh, push and tie-up with the Middle East. But it's still silverware. It's still uh, tangible success for Ancelotti, who's looking to reinvent this team. Because for the longest time, Real Madrid have... Uh, they've had that stick used against them. Oh, you got Ronaldo, anybody can win. You got Benzema, anybody can win. I think he's reinventing it slightly and I think Real Madrid look good. For Barcelona, it's worrying because I know under Xavi, they made some progress but to lose 4-1 in a final is quite damning. Yeah, it's true. Um, well, uh, looking a little bit ahead, um, it's it's going to be quite a fascinating week of football and, you know, the, with the AFCON starting to get underway. Uh, do you foresee, and, and just, just throwing it out there, as players are trying to, you know, or teams rather, are trying to put together their transfer windows, Spurs sign a, a, a Romanian defender, do you expect any big movement for this January transfer win. I, I'm, I, and I ask that because personally, I get the sensing that nobody wants to rock the boat, you know. Mm, mm, you know, mm. it's, it's, it's almost as if, like, if you look at the data, injuries are at an all-time high. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think there's about two weeks left in the window. I, I, I do think Arsenal are one team who I'm going to look out for. They have a couple of crucial games yeah. coming up. But if they don't continue to struggle to get goals, right, I think Ateta and the board might start panicking yes. and then we'll see a big move there. Apart from that, I feel like everybody's going to be careful now because half of the world is away playing an AFCON or Asian Cup. There's no reason to rush it. And teams like Manchester United have already managed expectations for the season. So (laughs) might as well wait for Ineos to come through and then spend, hopefully, money in the uh, June window. Yeah. What's the the word that Kino says? Everybody just calm down. Exactly. Calm calm down. down. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.